And I was thinking about, uh, you know, trying to hurry up and get through with it. You know, the worst thing we can do is hurry up with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Absolute worst thing we can do. And uh, as I was studying this, uh, this Moses' song that, uh, that my Bible calls it, uh, yeah, I got to looking at that, and, and I'm surprised that when I studied it the first time, I didn't see the things that I saw seen this time. And so that, that's the reason we not only need to study, we need to continuously study because we're never going to know everything it is to know. So we're in chapter 32, and this is entitled Moses' Song. It's a song that uh, God told him to write uh, in verse 19 of uh, chapter 31. He said, uh, write ye this song for you and teach it to the children of Israel. So this is a song that Moses wrote that he, uh, he taught it, uh, we're going to see in a little bit, where he taught it with Joshua uh, to the children of Israel. So they learned this song before Moses died, right after it was written, and the Lord had instructed him to teach it to them. He did that. And, uh, and I want somebody, if somebody's got their Bibles, if you'll turn to Revelation uh, 1, uh, 15, Revelation chapter 15, and read me verses 1 through 4 before we get started. Chapter 15. Mm -hmm. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of the saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. I want you to see what it said in verse 3 that on the day that these people who have been killed uh, by not worshiping the beast are on this sea of glass in heaven and they're singing this song. Mm -hmm. It's important. This song goes right on into heaven. This is a song given to Moses by God to, to rehearse in their ears. And it's, a, and it's a, this song right here that he gives the entirety of the song is is not it's about how great god is it's also about what it means to disobey god and in the end it talks about the salvation that only god can bring and so uh, that fruition is is taking place when they get to heaven is the completion of the salvation that god provides for every one of us amen that's when that's when our salvation is complete and I know uh, when I first started preaching and I started preaching this, this very thing, I got a lot of eyebrows raised at me because, you know, the world teaches us and, and a lot of people teach, well, you get saved, now you ain't got nothing to worry about. And our salvation is a beginning point. It has an ending point. Our salvation begins when Christ enters into our heart. Then we live that salvation throughout our lives. And that salvation is lived until he takes us away from this world. Okay? It's completed when we stand before him. And so uh, this is this is what I want you to see from the song that uh, that is given here. So if somebody could go ahead and read for me uh, verses uh, 1 
It's going to be kind of not too long. 1 through 14, please. <clears throat> Deuteronomy? Now Deuteronomy 32 verses 1 through 14. Y'all don't be bashful reading tonight now. Okay. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as a small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, and his work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. They have corrupted, corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse <coughs> generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he the Father that thou hast brought thee, hath brought, bought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee, and thy elders, and they will tell thee. And when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. And he found him in a desert land, in the waste howling wilderness, he led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad, abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride upon the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock. Better butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. Amen. Thank you very much. When we look at when we look at this and uh, I, I just want to make clear something. Uh, this song here is not the only song of Moses. There's also one found in Exodus as they across the Red Sea, he did a song there too. Uh, this song right here is the one that, uh, according to my Bible references, it mentions both of those, but this here is the one that it gives uh, reference to uh, in Revelation 15 that I had Brother Jim to read for us that this is what this was about. And so I want you to pay attention to verse two where it says, my doctrine shall drop as rain. What is, it, what is the doctrine of God? It's his teaching. It is the doctrine. And we're always talking about church doctrine. And every denomination has its own church doctrine. There's only one doctrine with God. It's his. Amen. And although every church doctrine may have bases in inside of Scripture, it's not complete. His doctrine is absolute and it is complete. And uh, I, I want you to, to uh, I, I got a, a scripture here I want to read to you from Isaiah uh, chapter 55. And uh, this, this is what it says, and it's verses 8 through 11. It said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. We need to always understand that. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You don't get to think for God. You don't get to speak for God. You don't get to act for God. Okay? Because mine and your ways are not His ways. He does things much different from the way we do things because we're limited in our power and He is unlimited in His. He can move things with, without touching anything. He can move it. He can make changes. He can do anything. He can talk to a man's heart. He can, he can change his mind. He can change his direction. He can place people in front of him. He can do whatever it takes for his will to be accomplished. His ways are not our ways. And explains that. Says for his ways are higher, uh, uh, as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, I said a while ago that his doctrine would come, uh, what does it say, as rain. And it says here, for the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. Now listen to this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. This is the doctrine of God. The Word of God is the doctrine of God. It shall not return unto me void, and it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the, in the, in the thing wherewith I sent it. Now I want you to understand this. He's not talking about what he's speaking then. He's talking about the complete Word that he has given us to read and to study. Everything in this Word is accomplished by God. Everything that it says he will do, he will do. Everything that he says will happen, will happen. And it will happen just as he said. But it will happen, we can't figure it out. There's lots of things in the Bible we read and, and we can't comprehend in our mind how these things are going to take place. But when he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen whether we understand how it happens or not. It's going to come to pass. And this is the doctrine of God we need to get, get down in our head. If it says it, it's going to happen. If it says it, you can believe it. If it says it, it's final. And it's not up for debate. Amen? And so the, a lot of things that we don't understand, we don't need to try to explain what we can't explain. What we can't understand, and I find that a lot in my study. I'm thinking, oh, I'll just sit there and scratch my head. And sometimes it'll get sent to me and sometimes it won't. Amen? So we have to be very careful about that because it's God's doctrine. He says it'll drop like rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb and the showers upon the grass. So he says that th this is his doctrine that will come. It is his word. And then he says, because I will publish the name of the Lord and look at this word, ascribe you greatness under our God. Does, does, does anybody know what that means? To ascribe greatness to God? It means to give glory where glory is due. To give glory to the greatness of God. To give honor to the greatness of God and fear the greatness of God. That's what it means. It says ascribe to it. That means that we are to change whatever we are to match who He is. Amen? We don't get to change Him to match us. It's not that way. Just go ahead and admit that He is greater than you. <laughs> He's greater than all of us put together. All of us that have ever been born put together 
and all of us that will ever be born from here to eternity, He's greater than all put together. So we need to ascribe to His greatness unto our God. Now the Bible says here, it calls Him, He is the rock. Amen. Four times in this song, He is referred to as the rock, capital R-O-C-K. And His work is perfect. Amen. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, His work is perfect. And there's always so much going on with God that we can't, He's always at work. He don't sleep. He don't slumber. His eyes are in all the earth. He, he, he raises up and He takes down. Amen. He changes who He will. He gives power to whom He'll give power. And He always does. And sometimes He gives power to people that are evil. That's scriptural too, by the way. You think Babylon, you think Nebuchadnezzar was a, a righteous man? He was an evil man. He was an idolater, yet God raised him up to do what? To punish Israel. You know why? Because he told them he was going to do that if they disobeyed him. Does he change? Has he changed from that? You know what? This nation right here is getting ready for that very same thing to happen. And you can look around the world stage right now and you can almost see who he's raising up. Yep. Any of y'all got any ideas who it looks like? I mean, we don't know these things. I'm just telling you, there's people around, there's countries around this world, their prime objective is to destroy the, the forces of the United States. Mm -hmm. When you see them do tests, they're testing, practicing on knocking out our aircraft carriers, knocking down our satellite, knocking out our communication. That's all they study is China right now is building a, a navy to defeat the American Navy. Think about that. And we're just sitting there watching going, ah, ah. But I'm going to tell you, if this country keeps on, you know what? God don't expect much out of communism, but he expects a lot out of people who founded their nation in his name. And have turned away from him. that's what Israel did. And what he's going to he tells us is that he's going to punish them, and he does punish them. He has punished them, and I don't think he's through punishing them just yet. Now he's got them there right now for a reason. He's got them there for a purpose, and I think it's an end time purpose myself. I really do. I think we better get our backpack and get ready because I think he's coming soon. From what I can see, and boy, we're going to see some things here. But he's the rock, he is perfect, and for all his ways are judgment. Now, when we think about judgment, what do we normally think about? What do you normally think about when you think about judgment? The wrath. Wrath? Is that all it is? No. Wrath, not, see, for everybody has a judgment against them, the judgment goes for someone else. So the judgment is not all against evil. It's for righteousness, that righteous people get their due. That's why we go to, to court for a, just, a, a judgment, is that, that, that the, the judge has to decide who's right and who's wrong. Now, he's going to listen to lawyers and people who, and they may tell it, they may, it, it may all be lies that's presented. That judge, you ain't going to do God that way. He's going to know the difference. You ain't going to lie to him. Because he's going to already know his judgment for the just person is going to be a just judgment. His judgment for the evil person 
it's going to be not so good. But when you think of judgment, we normally think of it in a bad light. God's just judgment is for evil and good. Amen? Amen? The righteous people, the people who are called by His name, are going to have a judgment that's going to usher them into glory and they're going to be rewarded for that. That's the, that's the judgment of the righteous saved person. The judgment for the lost evil person is hell. Amen? That's the two judgments that happens. And He's judge over both of them. Amen? He's judge over all of it. So He is... He, all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without sin, without iniquity, he is just and right. Amen? That, you, can't, you can't get past that. He is what we aren't. Amen? And I'm just thankful he made a way to live in us, aren't y'all? Because that way, he can be that way in us. And, it, and it, is, it is accounted unto us for that. That's what a God. What a God we serve. We don't praise Him there by nothing, do we? So, and then He said, but look in this, verse 5. But they have corrupted themselves. Anybody who winds up in hell has no right to blame God. Amen? Amen? Now all those that wind up in heaven, give Him glory because that's the only reason you're there. But the ones that don't make it is because they were corrupted and they refused to obey Him and they rejected Him. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of them standing up, oh, I didn't do that. Oh, yes, you did. You know what? Doing nothing would do the same thing as saying, I don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. Amen? Because by doing nothing, you have denied Him authority in your life. You can't do that. And so, and this, is, this is what we're talking about. Now look at verse 6. You, do you thus requite the Lord? Now that word right there means repay. Do you repay the Lord? And what it's talking about is not trying to pay the Lord back for all the blessings He gives us. Amen? It's talking about do you repay Him evil for all the good that He does you? That's what he's talking about because he told, just got through saying Israel has corrupted themselves. And then he says, they have paid me back with requite. They have, they have paid me back with evil for all the good that I have done them. Are we doing that today? Is America doing that today? You bet, I'm going to tell you, if you if you look at the way the route America's going and you look at the route that the Lord says that Israel took, it's almost parallel. Does that mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's going to judge them, but he ain't going to judge us? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He's no respecter of persons when it comes to that. He's going to judge evil for evil, and he's going to judge good for good. Amen? And if this nation keeps on the way it's going, now I'm going to tell you, you see a president lay his hand on the Bible, and swear to God and then turn around and do some of the things these presidents do, it's wonder he hadn't done already done it to us. Amen? Amen. Lay their hand on the Bible. We got them up right now that can't do nothing. They can't even get a speaker. So <laughs> they're useless. They're useless. They're, they're more trouble than they're worth. And we need and that's why I tell people, quit relying on government. Quit relying on these people. These people ain't ain't nothing. They're evil. 
Amen. And there may be some good ones. I pray there are. But you don't hear much from them. Amen. And so he says, don't give me requite. Don't repay me with evil for the good that I have done you. Pay me with good. Pay me with obedience. Pay me with your allegiance to me. Pay me with your pledge to me, not to a world that's corrupt. Amen. And, and it is corrupt. Now, I want you to look in verse 7. Now, remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Now, Jeremiah comes along way after this scripture is given. Amen? Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, and Jeremiah live uh, kind of in the same uh, time. Uh, Isaiah lists all the kings that he served under, except the one that killed him. And, and then Jeremiah was there when Babylon destroyed Israel and took them captive. Jeremiah was there when that happened. Look what he says in, uh, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. Uh, verse 16, listen to what he's He's preaching to the people. He's trying, he didn't make a single convert. All of his life, he preached, he preached, and nobody listened to him. Matter of fact, they did bad things to him. And he just kept preaching the truth. And look at what he says in Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for what? The old paths. Now look at that. The old paths. Where is what? The good way. And walk therein. That's what he told Jeremiah, told those people. He said, go back to the law. Go back to the first five books. Go back to Moses' writing. Look at that. Return to that. Return to the promise of the land flowing with milk and honey where you said, yeah, we'll obey you, God. We'll do what you say, God. Yes, Lord. We'll go back to that. I think Christianity and this nation need to kind of do that too, don't you? Yeah. We need to go back a ways instead of trying to redo everything and make it fit us. And, he, and so he didn't stop there. He said, he said for the old past, where's the good way? And walk therein. And look what's going to happen. You shall find rest for your souls. But you know what those people said to him? But they said, we will not walk therein. We don't want the old ways. We don't want what God laid out for us in the beginning. We'll make our own way. We'll do it the way we want to and God can just live with it. What an arrogant attitude to have with Almighty God. Now they think they're talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is God's representative. God is speaking to this man and telling him what to say and directed him where to go and who to say it to. So they think they're talking to him. They're not. They're talking to God. They're, they're saying, no, we don't believe you, and no, we're not doing it. 
Yeah, any preacher who preaches the truth of God's word today is going to hear that same exact thing. No, we're not living that way. We're not walking that way. We're going to modernize our Christianity. We're going to walk in the way that we want to walk, and God's going to be good with it. We're going to do the new and improved version. Isn't that, I ain't going to use that word, isn't that ridiculous? But that is the arrogance and the lostness and the ignorance and ignorance of the Word of God humanity. They don't want to believe this word. They want to make it their word. They don't want to go his way. They want to be, go their way. What happened to the Methodist church? It, it, exactly. It has done, it has already happened to them. And that's what happens when we compromise that way. Amen? Amen. It's what happens when we compromise the truth of the word of God and the direction of the word of God. Now look in verse 9. God wants them to know something. And He wants us to know the same thing today. You know what God's portion of the world is? His people. His people. He chose Israel. And everyone sitting here that, that's, that's filled with the Holy Spirit, He has chosen you. Thank God for that. Amen? Amen. He said, the Lord's portion is his people. It's his people. And then he said, Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. It all came through Jacob. It came through Abraham. It came through Isaac. And it came through Jacob. It's where this promise came from. And he, he says, Jacob was the one. He changed his name into Israel. He said, this is my portion. This is my people. This is my inheritance. That's, that's all God wants is a people that fellowships with Him and loves Him and honors Him and obeys Him. That's what He wants from us. That, that's not, is that too much to expect from God? Don't seem like much, does it? Until you try to do it. And then the world kicks in and you get to looking around and everybody else will why are they getting to do this and I can't? <laughs> Amen. That's what happens to our children and our teenagers when we're trying to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. They get to looking around what all the rest of them are doing. Well, why can't I do that? And the shame of it is a lot of churches and a lot of parents are saying, you can. God be all right. You'd be all right. He'll look over that. Mm -mm. Always a price to pay. Always a consequence for your behavior. So he said, this is the Lord's inheritance, the Lord's portion. Now look at what else he says, verse 10. He kept Jacob, or Israel, as what? The apple of his eye. Amen? Now, now what does that mean when you say that to somebody? If Jim was to say to Audrey, you're the apple of my eye, you know what that means? Audrey, what would that mean? You're the only woman for him. That's what God said about them. You're the only people for me. You're mine. You're my portion. You're my promise. You're the one who I've given it to. 
You're the one who I'm going to bring it through to the rest of the world. You're the apple of my eye. I got to keep you. I got to keep. And that's the only reason they're still around. Amen? That's the only reason they're still around. Because he ain't through yet with them. <laughs> Amen. We better get rid we better get we better open our eyes and we better try our best to become the apple of his eye too. Instead of poking our finger in it all the time. Amen. So verse 12, talking about Jacob again, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Did Jacob remain faithful to God? Did Jacob make mistakes? You better believe he did. Not only that, he was a, a deceiver. He lied to his daddy. <laughs> and mama helped him. But he paid for that, didn't he? You know how he paid for it? He had to run away from home. And he, the Bible never records you ever laid eyes on his mama again. Never says at all that he, he he saw his daddy again, but he never saw his mother again. Amen. Amen. So this this is what happened when we try to do things for our God, try to help. So he wasn't perfect, but he said there was never another God for Jacob but him. And we need to make it that way too. Any questions about this? Okay, let's move on to uh, where it talks about him being a jealous God. He's just, he's a just and a right God. Now he's also a jealous God. Somebody read for me verses uh, 15 through 25, please. But Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. And they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with admoni admonitions, abominations, him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods, that came newly up and whom their fathers feared not. All the way through verse 25, please. Oh, okay. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he had formed them. And because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters, he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very forward generation, children in whom there is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people, and I will provoke them to anger with a Jew foolish nation. For, for a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. And I will heap mischiefs upon them, and I will spend my arrows upon them, and they shall be burnt with anger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust, and the sword without and the terror within shall destroy both the young man 
and the virgin and the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. Okay, so he, he starts off here by telling them that he's a jealous God. Now you have to remember, these things haven't taken place yet. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. This is a foreordained or a prophecy of what God knew was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Amen? He knew this was going to happen, so he's warning them early. You know why? Because they ain't got to let it happen. And if they can remember these things, they'll know what the price is going to be that they're going to have to pay. So he said, in, in, in Jeshurun, in verse 15, is a, I looked that up, it's just a poetic name for Israel. Okay? So you can substitute Israel there if you want to. And they were covered with fatness. They had been given everything God promised them. They'd given them a land flowing with milk and honey. He gave them cities that they didn't build. He gave them orchards they didn't plant. He gave them crops they didn't plant. He gave them animals they didn't raise. He gave them all of these things. And he said they were covered with fatness. Then he, or Israel, forsook God, which made him, and they lightly esteemed him as the rock of their salvation. That's what's happening today here. That's what's happening today in the churches. That's what's happened to the Methodist church. That's what's happening to a lot of churches that they are taking God lightly. In this day and time, fatness was a sign of great wealth. That's right. It was a sign. Now, we don't look at it that way, but anyway, you're right. And so when they forsook God, which made them and lightly esteemed Him as the rock of their salvation. They all, they all, they were still saying God is our salvation, but not with emphasis mm -hmm. and not through obedience, for sure. Okay, you can. I always tell people talk cheap, <laughs> saying it's the easy part. But we just got through going through Deuteronomy, and I, I wish I'd have marked every time he said, do it, do it, do it. You know, we saw that in one or two chapters. Everything he said, do it, do it. If you don't do it, don't mean nothing. Mm -hmm. just means that you heard, but you didn't do it. So you have to do these things for it to, to count. And now look, when they, when they lightly esteemed him as the rock, capital R, of their salvation, they provoked him to jealousy with, look at this, strange gods. And now what are strange gods? They're idols. They gave them names in the biblical days, in the Old Testament days. We still have those same gods today. We just don't give them names. Okay? We just don't give them names. They're still around. That worship of those things. And he says... They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods and with abominations. Now that is a word that the New Testament church of today don't like in the scripture. Mm -hmm. And many of the Bibles that are in different interpretations now leave that word out on purpose. Mm -hmm. They'll say, God don't like it. Now that's putting it mildly when you compare that to the word abomination. Abomination means that something is detestable, sickening, putrid to God. It don't just mean he don't like it, it means he hates it. Right. There's a difference between don't like and hate, amen? Mm -hmm. 
the Bible says evil actions is the mm -hmm. interpretation of abominations. Yeah, yeah. Spitting on somebody might be evil action, but what he calls abomination goes way further than that. Way further than that, yeah. Way, way, way further than that. And so we want to classify, and we have. We and we and it is true that one sin will separate you from uh, from service of God. But we want to classify them as all the same. They're not all the same. There were some things that deserved the death penalty in the scripture and some that didn't. They were all sin. They were all disability, but the punishment for them was different. And we try to make God's who we want Him to be and we try to think for Him and we try to take all reasoning away from Him and we think we're going to hold him exactly to this when we don't even understand what it means. <laughs> Amen? There's a difference between getting the interpretation from the Holy Ghost from God himself and an interpretation that you think you know. Amen? Boy, sure, you're quiet in here. Thank you, Miss Peggy, for reading for me so much. And, and he says... So you provoke me to jealousy by still straining God with abominations, and this has provoked me to what? Anger. anger. It ain't good to have God angry at you. Now the world today teaches, oh, he don't. I was uh, watching something on TV, and it said it was a, it was a like a Hallmark, you know, one of them movies that used to be good and kind of wholesome and honest. And then they showed this preacher that got up there and he said, God don't get angry with us. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at him and said, did that preacher just say what I think he did? I mean, he wasn't really a preacher, but that was the script that he was given to read as he preached a sermon, God don't get angry with us. <laughs> really. They need to read that scripture right there because it says right here they provoked him to anger. Anger, verse 16. And they sacrificed unto devils and not to God. Do we sacrifice to devils today? Do we sacrifice to satanic things today? Not knowing me. I think you do, but you just don't know that you do. Do you know what one of the number one exports from America to the rest of the world is today? Do y'all know? I do. One of them. Not, the, not, not that it's the main one. Pornography. Isn't that beautiful that our nation is known for that? Do you think God's not mad about that? Pornography. Billions and billions and billions of dollars comes into our country from the West. Right now, stop it. Sad, isn't it? We provoke God. Amen. Look at verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and has forgotten God that formed thee. I think sometimes in the church we forget that God 
is this is his church. He has made us. If we weren't for him, we wouldn't have a church. Amen. The church don't belong to me and it don't belong to you. It belongs to him. We're just lucky to be here. Yeah, right. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I'm all going to something to say. He gets to run it. We don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm preaching to myself. I know I am. And look what he says I will do. Verse 20. I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation. That means they're arrogant, prideful, Perverse. and perverted. Children. And whom is what? No faith. No faith. Now why does the New Testament tell us in Hebrews chapter 11? Without faith... It is impossible to please God. They weren't worried about pleasing God. They had no faith. They couldn't do it if they wanted to without faith. Amen. <laughs> they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God and with their vanities. Amen. I believe we're headed in that direction all over again, don't you? Mm -hmm. And then he says in verse 22, for a fire is kindled in my anger. And like I said, this, none of this has happened yet. He's telling them this is the way it's going to be. When you do these things, you're going to kindle a fire in my anger. And you know what happened as a result of that? At the end of Jeremiah, if you will go to the end of Jeremiah, he'll tell you, that the Babylonians came, destroyed their nation, destroyed their cities, tore down their walls, tore down their temple, killed, ain't no telling how many of those people, and they chained around their neck and drug them to a foreign country. That's where the anger of God led them to. Amen? I will heap, verse 23, I will heap mischief upon them. I will spend my arrows upon them. God sent Nebuchadnezzar to them. <laughs> and you know what? They had a warning. Y'all remember what the warning was? There was one of the kings. There was two men showed up or some men showed up. They were from Babylon. You remember what that king did anybody? He allowed them to come in and took them to the treasury of God and showed off the great wealth of the God of Israel. Now that was stupid. And the prophet come along and jumped all over this king and said, what were you thinking? And that's when it was prophesied that they would come and take that, and they did. That's arrogance. Look at what we have. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord said, hey, I give it and I can take it away. And He did. Amen. And He can do the same thing today. Don't forget that. He can do the same thing today. You know, we're always full of stuff that we think God won't do or can't do. You know what? <laughs> 
He's sovereign. He can do anything he wants to do. And there's a there's a there's a uh, something that goes with that. When he does it, it's just and it's righteous. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we don't get to say, well, he can't do this, he can't, he won't do this, he won't do that. Really? When, when did he make that rule? Do y'all find that in the scripture? Nope. <laughs> I don't find it in there. So where do we get that from? From the world that's trying to turn us against him and make us equal with him. We'll never get there. Even when we're in heaven, we won't be equal to God. Amen. And so he said, he said, uh, they shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. The sword without, verse 25, and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with a man of gray hairs. Those people that come in, we're going to have no respect for who they kill. They're going to kill them all. And it happened again after Christ's day. He prophesied that it was coming, and it did. Same way. So it didn't happen just once. It happened every time they became a nation. Well, they're a nation now. I'm going to share something with you here in just a little bit. Somebody read, no, y'all quit being bashful. I need somebody to read this. Read chapter uh, verses 26 through 34. That's, that's only eight verses. I said, I would scatter them into corners. I will make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. For they are, for they are a nation void of counsel, Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them? And the Lord had shut them up. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom, and of the fields of Gomorrah. And their grapes are grapes of gall, their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of ass. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? Amen. So verse 26 says that I would scatter them into the corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. The Lord was wanting them to know, I have done this, I will done this, and he would have destroyed Israel a long time ago. Remember when he was up on the mountain of Moses and they had made that golden calf? You remember what he told Moses? What did he tell him? Let me alone that I may destroy them and I will make a great nation out of you. What did Moses do? He pled for them, but what did he say? Lord, are you going to be known for taking this people that you or your people 
I'm paraphrasing this, and I know they say it's dangerous, that you've taken out of Egypt and you bring them out here in the wilderness and everybody that sees you destroy them go say, all they brought them out there for was to destroy them. And God listened to that. And He reasoned over that. And He decided, that's right. I think it was as much of a test for Moses as anything else because Moses was one who interceded for them more than one time like Christ does for us. And He lets us know God will let's listen to an intercessory. Amen? We, can, we have the authority to intercede on behalf of someone else. We've done it right here at this church. We prayed for a person that wasn't sick, for a person they knew that was sick, and that person got healed. I remember when that happened. And it was praised about it the next week. We can become intercessors for other people. Amen. Don't forget that. And we need to be. You can be an intercessor for your children and your grandchildren. Don't forget. Don't give up on them. Intercede for them. Plead with God for them. Amen. Don't give up on them. Plead with Him. Amen. And so... <laughs> He, this is what he's saying. He said, I have not destroyed them because of my reputation. Because I am their God. Amen. Alright, let's, let's move on. He said in verse 29, Oh, that they were wise. That they, were, that they understood this. That they would consider their latter end that they would consider while they're doing these things how this is going to end up. Now I want you to look at something here in verse uh, 32. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom mm -hmm. and of the fields of Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Mm -hmm. Their clusters are bitter their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of ass. Now why would he make this comparison, this type of comparison, to Sodom and Gomorrah? There is the, down to the lowest depth of sin there is. Amen. Which is? <coughs> Which is? I know, but I'm going to let somebody else answer that one. Just go ahead and say it. It's homosexuality. Mm -hmm. It's what he's referring to. Mm -hmm. The sodomites. Now, now, let me ask you a question. What does the Old Testament test say that God feels about sodomy? It is what? An abomination to Him. He says you're going to stoop so low that you're going to be an abomination to me. He mentioned the abominations in verse 16 that they did. This is one of them that he brought highlighted here. That they would be an abomination like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what the world tries to tell us today? I've listened to theologians and they talk about these things. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't destroyed because of homosexuality. Because there was a scripture that said something about they had great wealth and it, and it wouldn't take care of people. Yes, they did get destroyed because of sodomy. Because of why do you think we call it sodomy? Mm -hmm. Because of homosexuality. 
the angel didn't smite them with blindness because they was trying to get his money. No. He smote them with blindness because they was trying to know him like they would a woman. Mm -hmm. And they were men. And hellfire and brimstone fell on them for that purpose. And he said, you're going to have this in your nation too. Listen to me. I, I saw something today that made me sick. I like to keep up with Israel. I'm a firm believer that if you want to know what God's doing, watch Israel for a while. I was excited when Jerusalem became their capital officially. And I said then that, that if President Trump wasn't made president, but for one thing, that was it. Now listen to this. I was reading today on Google about Israel. And guess what they did the first day of 2023 for the first time in their history since 1948. Does anybody know the story? Legalizing homosexuality. They made the speaker of their parliament is a gay man. Happened this year. This year, his name, I wrote it down, Ohana, um, Amir Ohana, Israel's first openly gay parliament speaker. He won the vote. It was 60-something for and five against and one that wasn't there. It was an overwhelming majority. The, the rabbis, the Orthodox Jewish rabbis, they don't believe in Jesus Christ, but they know better than this. And they came out in public, which is rare for them, and they began to tell the government of Israel what they thought about it and what God thought about it. And you know what they said to them? You're homophobic. <laughs> now listen, that's only one in their parliament. Look at ours. Yeah. Look at our cabinet. Mm -hmm. See what you see up there. See who's up there. Now you ask me, uh, you tell me, what's God, is he liking this? Is he okay with this? Or is he angry about this? They also paraded through the streets of Jerusalem. They had a gay pride parade through the streets of Jerusalem and went to the Wailing Wall with this man. That happened this year. And this year is only four days old. Wow, just a few days ago. The first. Yeah, first day of the year. He couldn't hear. He, I was explaining what was said. Well, you can look his name up. It's Amir, A-M-I-R, Ohana. O-H-A-N-A. And he is the Speaker of the Parliament of the Nation of Israel right now. And he is an openly gay man and they belittled the rabbis for asking them to take him down the anger of God the wrath of God I don't know where it's going I don't know why he's still withholding but he's got a purpose and a reason but I do know this. For them, there's going to be a punishment. And for us, there's going to be a punishment. And we ain't going to like it, none of us.
Amen. I'm telling you. They said the parliamentary people that they talked to about it said we judged him for what he does for the nation and his politics, not for his personal life. Yeah. Now you don't tell me they're not going to be fooled when the Antichrist shows up. And you know what, Brother Sam, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if Antichrist ain't gay as a $4 bill. Because the world is turning on everybody that says that's wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not right. That's sin. And the suffering and the persecution of the church as we know it has already begun. We're called Nazis. We're called bigots. We're called skinheads. We're called white supremacists because we believe the Word of God. It's beginning. It started. And that's the reason I believe He's coming soon. And we better start living like Amen. Any questions? We're going to stop right here. Verse 35. That would be the 11th. I'll go home and look that, that up and read those articles that they wrote and read what those, uh, those priests said and read what the reply they got back from, the, from their government. Now, I didn't say the citizenry, the government, as to what their complaints were. It, it'll make you sick to your stomach. And, and it's already made me sick to look at our nation. To see that man that thinks he's a woman, there's more than one of them now. <laughs> Janice was reading something the other day there. I don't know where it was at. On computer, I guess, Somewhere in Missouri that they have going to have an election or something where it be against the law to be openly transgender. So, everybody do something like that, you know. I mean, it probably doesn't go over, but uh, everybody needs to do something. It may they're surprise afraid. you. Yeah. They're afraid of hurting somebody, picking who can pick and feel it. <laughs> Which stand? We all we really need to be in prayer. We need to pray for our nation. If we really do, and we need to pray for ourselves, and that we remain true, and we remain steadfast, and that we do it with the right attitude, because we're not going to become righteous like they have become, and arrogant like they have, and be approved by God. It just don't work that way. We have to be different. Amen. Brother Gary Brandon, would you dismiss us, please? Most precious Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for all the love that you have given us. <clears throat> Father, I lift up this nation and I just pray for them, Father. 
lift up this world and just pray for them. I know in the end your will be done. I know how it ends according to the Bible, but still it is up to us to pray for for your forgiveness. Again, we love you. I ask that you protect each and every one here as they're on their way home. Bring them back next Sunday. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, Friday evening, uh, 5 o'clock.